Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Today we're continuing series on the lies we believe in our culture, and today we get to show number three, and today is a big one. I don't know why I saved it for number three. We could have started with this one, but uh, this is the idea that sex is equal to love. That is a huge equation there, isn't it? Well, you know, I think the way to start off is just to recognize that we use the word love to describe having sex. So we say, I made love to my wife. And that means we had sex. So uh, that's the idea that uh, if we love someone, then we are going to be sexual with them. And I want to get back to the lies that are part of culture. Culture teaches us, I think, that if you love someone, even if you like someone, even if you're kind of a friend with someone, it's okay, therefore, to have sex with them. Uh, that's part of it. But a second part of this, which I think is even more problematical for marriages, is that if our sex life is good, our relationship must be good. If sex is equal to love, then uh, we make the equation that if we're having a lot of sex, if we're having really good sex, if uh, it's all going really well that way, then we must really love each other, we must have a good relationship, everything is wonderful, everything is okay. We tend to use sex as a barometer of relationship. So it's both of those ideas that I kind of want to take a look at today and have the listeners think about. Well, and it's interesting because as you're talking there, I'm thinking uh, thematically, uh, I'm, I could say I made love to my wife last night, and what I meant was I fixed her dinner. You know, you I could did mean that. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Is is my my care and uh, and affection for her led me to uh, say you sit, you've worked hard, you know, all week long. Yeah. Uh, let me make dinner tonight, and it's it's an act of love. Well, it could be an act of love, and yeah. you and you might exactly be right. It might be that making dinner for her is more about loving her than anything else. It's, uh, but I do think, even as you said it, you know, it's, hard to, it's hard to make that separation, uh, to, to, to see your, uh, your more important meaning there, because I think our entire culture uses the expression, uh, we made love. So mm-hmm. um, partly, you know, what I, I, I sometimes think as, I, as I'm thinking about the shows, uh, uh, I want to try to get the, the listeners uh, thinking about, you know, their own examples of this. And uh, one of the, the, the categories that comes to me is, because uh, I like to go to movies, and uh, uh, I think most of us around here are kind of movie buffs and that kind of thing. And uh, I think about all the movies that we go to that are basically, you know, good movies where uh, the, uh, the main characters in the movie, I'm not going to mention any specific movies right now, but the, the main characters in the movies are, uh, you know, men and women that we like. You know, there's some kind of plot uh, about how they, 
they get together or almost get together or get you know you know uh, um, tricked into this or that. Um, but ultimately, you know, one of the ways we know that uh, they get together is that they wind up having sex together, and uh, this could be uh, way before they're even married. But uh, I think of the movies that I've gone to where we kind of celebrate the ending or celebrate some some uh, action in the show where the male and the female character actually wind up, you know, in bed together, and we actually celebrate it because it's the um, it's the culmination of a plot line. It's the which, happy ending it's, that we were hoping it's for. It's the happy ending that we were hoping for. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping that as I'm, I'm I'm trying to stumble my way through that one, that uh, the listeners are uh, maybe relating to their own example from their own movies. I think this goes back, you know, uh, years and years and years and years. So, uh, in terms of you know movie history. Um, but it's still the idea that if you like someone uh, and you're basically uh, falling in love with someone or infatuated with someone or whatever you are or you're starting your relationship with someone, it's therefore okay to go ahead and have sex with them, which is part of, uh, you know, we should say, you know, the secular morality that there is no divine purpose in sexuality, that uh, that sex is reserved for marriage, and sex is something that is the expression of the covenant of marriage. So when you think about this one that we're talking about today, it's like all of that uh, transcendent uh, spiritual truth, you know, gets thrown out the window. Sex becomes uh, something that is just uh, an objectified way that we uh, we experience uh, things between people that sort of kind of have to like each other at least a little bit. Well, it's a mutual attraction factor that Mm -hmm. um, the spirituality Mm -hmm. um, does not enter the the equation uh, in these movies that you're talking about. You you never see uh, a spiritual connection between the couple on the screen. Yeah, that would be rare. Uh, There are a few movies coming out these days that are Christian in nature. We saw a great one last night called God is Not Dead 2. But, uh, you know, we have to recognize that, yeah, this is part of the uh, the series that we're talking about, that secular culture um, does not have a lot of spiritual values that it's teaching on a regular basis. So there's no transcendent, there's no spiritual reality about sexuality that is being communicated to us, uh, and we need to be careful. Because when we, we are not careful, when we don't think about it, when we don't talk about it, when we don't remind ourselves of what God's truth is, then we can be led to believe that uh, sex is equal to love. And and I wouldn't be bringing this one up if I didn't see it operate all the time in a lot of Christian marriages, where even though the two people say, okay, we're married now, and okay, you know, we are in the covenant of marriage, we are in the sacrament of marriage, but they're still making the equation that the health of their relationship is based on the uh, uh, sexual uh, performance uh, or the sexual uh, frequency in their marriage. Well, let's take our break a little early uh, uh, right now. And when we come back, I'm I'm really interested to hear how you uh, feel that you can tell us and the listeners how we can um, dispel that equation and uh, and uh, give us the the guidance to help 
uh, clear the thinking. In our last show last week, we talked about how much of this is kind of controlled by how we think about this yeah. and, uh, and how uh, we can change our own mind in how we perceive love and, uh, and the role that sex plays in love. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. We uh, were talking again before the show that... Uh, uh, a couple Sundays now in a row, it's uh, uh, that time of the year here in Minnesota where it's getting warmer. And uh, so the last two Sundays that I've been in church, I've noticed that there must be uh, uh, some fashion, uh, uh, particularly with young, uh, younger women, of uh, shorter skirts, shorter, shorter shorts. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm noticing a kind of a hesitancy uh, in myself and talking about this trigger because, you know, I don't think that, uh, uh, this past Sunday when I was at church and I saw a number of young girls, I say young girls, teenage girls that were, they were entering church, uh, with very short shorts on, um, uh, to attend worship. Uh, I, I don't want to be seen as being critical of their parents or, you know, of them really. I think that they are, in some ways, just participating in in culture, which is you know part of the theme of the show. I think we get ourselves into trouble when we uh, we do things because we think culture uh, demands it or culture wants us to be that way. When you think about the theme of our first couple of shows, that you know my appearance uh, is based on uh, my, my my attraction of or my worth as a person is based on my appearance. That there there are a lot of girls out there. Uh, that are participating in what culture is teaching them about attraction. Yeah, I think that the majority of these young women are not uh, attempting to be a trigger for men. Yeah. Uh, number one, the good news is, guess where they are on Sunday morning? They're at church. Yeah, true. You know, so there's that side that that just kind of wants to dispel any um, tendency mm-hmm. to think that we're being judgmental. I think it's fantastic. It's a great, uh, it's a great sign of uh, of the goodness of uh, their intention 
uh, by by uh, getting up and uh, getting themselves ready and being with the family and attending church. Uh, on the other hand, uh, sometimes they may not even be aware of the trigger that they themselves are are displaying. Well, and that's why we're calling it a trigger because if you know, uh, uh, I you know not even going to you know try to describe lengths or anything here, but. I mean, we're talking short, and uh, it's not a lot left to the imagination. The imagination, imagination. Right. Exactly. So uh, uh, I just think uh, – I, I came out of church last Sunday, I know, uh, thinking about the idea of modesty and, you know, whatever happened to that. And uh, there again, you know, it's part of the theme of this series that, you know, culture teaches us certain things that are valuable and important, and we go along with it in order to be included – and so, anyway, that's the trigger of the week for this week. All right, all right. I'll uh, make note of uh, your golf shorts the next time that we go out oh, golfing. Yeah. <laughs> well, whenever that may be, <laughs> may, yeah. may make sure that they're uh, uh, appropriately down to the uh, to the kneecap. Well, even if they're not, I'm not sure that uh, there would be anything there to be accused of <laughs> being a trigger. No, but, I, uh, no. I'm, uh, rest assured, that will be the yeah, case. Yeah. Well, back to our theme, which is sex is equal to love, and uh, um, I, I think I, I would like to spend uh, you know the remainder of the time just kind of focused on the the marriage quality of this. That uh, we we uh, tend to think, I believe, that our marriages are predicated on sexual health and performance, meaning. Uh, well, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about. What do we mean by that? Uh, I think uh, a lot of the men that come in here that I work with, uh, they they do have kind of a subsidiary core belief here that the uh, sexuality in the marriage is better if it is, is quite frequent and, uh, 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 and sometimes uh, enjoys a certain variety of expression and spontaneity, you know, and those kind of things. And I think it's a a very, very dangerous equation to make uh, to think that uh, my wife will love me more if, or does love me more if she says yes to sex, uh, even if she doesn't feel like it. I think that that sometimes goes along with this, that she is in fact uh, serving me, being kind to me, nurturing to me if she uh, uh, is willing to participate, even if for whatever reason and for whatever good reasons she's uh, not herself in the mood, doesn't really have the energy, uh, doesn't really feel connected to me, but uh, nevertheless goes goes ahead and participates anyway. And so what what is your recommendation as you work with all of these men and work with these couples um, let's say the situation is that she is uh, is never as interested as the husband yeah. is, and so mm-hmm. how how is that appropriately promoted? So in a non-aggressive way, uh, that would be pleasing to both. Well, I think it's uh, uh, going back to recognizing the uh, what we've been talking about in this series, um, the spiritual or transcendent reality about sexuality that. Sexuality is, in fact, an expression of uh, the spiritual connection between a husband and a wife. So if 
we talked earlier about the fact that I made love with my wife, and that referred to sex. The Bible would say, uh, when it when it talks about uh, Adam and Eve having sex together for the first time, um, it said Adam knew Eve. So uh, it would be, in a way, kind of an interesting thing to experiment, wouldn't it, um, to say about sexuality that uh, I had sex with my wife last night uh, and I really knew her. Uh, uh, I spent time getting to know her emotionally and getting to know her uh, spiritually, and that the sex that happened, if it did, were, was, was an expression of that. So I think it's always to remind us to get back to what is the, uh, the higher uh, spiritual truth here, that, uh, that sex is not, in fact, equal to love, that sex does not bring love into the relationship simply by the performance of it. Well, it seems that as we're talking about our world today and culture today, um, never more than current our current world uh, do we see or observe that theme being promoted. Well, that's that's exactly right. Uh, uh, you'd be hard pressed to think of examples where you know that particular truth or that particular value is being taught. Uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, on the other hand. Uh, uh, going back to what we were talking about last week, just um, a lot of promotion of just getting as much random sex as you possibly can. So um, uh, what I really wanted to speak to, I think, today in this one is uh, the mistake that I think a lot of people make that uh, uh, about whether or not their husband or their wife loves them in terms of their willingness to be sexual with them. And I'd, I'd like to speak against that, that uh, I know that there have been, you know, plenty of times in, in our relationship where, you know, uh, uh, sex was not something that was going to happen. But, you know, I have learned over the years to not make that association. That, right. Uh, that does not have anything to do with whether or not Debbie, in fact, truly loves me, wants to serve me, uh, cares about me. Uh, and, and all of that. Well, I think that's one of the biggest favors that a husband can can do for himself yeah. is, is to come to that understanding. Right. That is right. And and by the way, you know, we should recognize that uh, there's times when uh, you know this goes the other direction. I mean, we we uh, we we think that it's always you know the men who are necessarily making this equation, but I think sometimes it's also the women that have been taught this same. Um, equation that sex is equal to love, and uh, so they're uh, operating under the pressure that uh, it's something that you know they need to uh, be involved with. Like I said earlier, they need to submit to or they need to agree to. Uh, and another part of it is you know uh, even been uh, promoted by some of the uh, popular books in our field uh, about sexual purity that. Uh, uh, if sex is equal to love and a wife loves her husband, she's going to have sex with him every so often, and that will be you know, the way that he maintains his sexual purity or sexual sobriety. So it kind of becomes the, the wife's responsibility to uh, keep him on the straight and narrow. Keep him on the straight and narrow. So uh, I think you know, what I would encourage uh, uh, both husbands and wives to uh, think about the idea of the transcendent reality of what the true purpose of sex is and uh, 
to you know maybe even talk with each other about you know some of the uh, the equations or the mythologies that uh, they've they've made. Uh, some wives, I think, uh, that I've I've heard can say, if my husband really loves me, he will you know engage in sex with me. He will pursue me, uh, you know that kind of thing. And in, in order for me to be attracted to him, you know, I have to be sexually attracted to him. And if he is in fact aggressively pursuing that, then he must really love me. So I think. You know, this equation can can get tangled up, and uh, we can make all kind of meanings out of it. Uh, well, there are two distinctly different sides of that coin, yeah. because you can make the case for the opposite of that. You know, yeah. if if my husband loved me, he would understand when I don't feel yeah. like us having sex, right. and, and that we can have an enjoyable, intimate evening right. without sex being a part of it. You know, so right. I, I can see both sides of that issue. That That's, uh, that's for certain. Right. That's right. Well, I I would uh, encourage uh, all of our couples, and I know we have a lot of couples listening, to uh, uh, just have a conversation about whatever it is that uh, you know our our brief show here today uh, kind of got you thinking about in terms of. Uh, the meanings that you attach to sexuality, I think. Well, this that would be. this whole subject, this whole conversation, Mark, lends me to think about our newest product on our website. Uh, it's the piece that you and yeah. Debbie have presented about the abstinence contract and the effectiveness right. that abstinence can have in a in a marriage. That is right, and that's a, a tool that we use to help couples kind of fight against this uh, this mistaken lie of culture and this mistaken core belief that sex is equal to love, that, uh, that uh, no, uh, sex is the expression of spiritual and emotional connection between a husband and wife. And so, you know, we do need tools sometimes to help us uh, try to establish that newer meaning or newer uh, uh, equation. So, um, you know, years and years ago, we came up with the idea that uh, a couple could take a time out. Uh, it's really based on 1 Corinthians 7, 5 that uh, Paul teaches us that, you know, you can uh, deprive each other for a time by mutual consent uh, so that you can devote yourself to prayer and fasting. So um, the abstinence contract is really about a couple really wanting to uh, take any stress or tension about sexual performance, sexual frequency, sexual meanings, you know, out of the relationship for a time, uh, and but during that time, we're going to want them to really do something to increase their uh, uh, spiritual spiritual connection. connection right, right, right. So it's really not just an abstinence contract; it's really a spirituality contract. Recognizing that uh, a lot of couples just haven't uh, taken the time to uh, have some kind of spiritual discipline to promote their own uh, spiritual connection and. Uh, uh, this gives them the opportunity. There will be no question. You know, you will not be sexual. So, you know, I, I think it's amazing how many couples go through stress each day about whether there's going to be sex that day or sex that week or, you know, how often or when and who's going to initiate, who's not, who's going to say yes, who's going to say no. It's the elephant in the room, it isn't is it? It is the elephant in the room for a lot of couples, which they don't really talk about. But it does create a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. And um, over the years, maybe a lot of disappointment, a lot of misperceptions of the other person and whether or not they truly love me or not and all of that kind of thing. So, you know, this is the opportunity to 
uh, take that stress out of the relationship and really focus on first things first. that when a couple engages in the act of marriage uh, and the covenant of marriage, you know they should really know each other, uh, uh, be soul friends. They should be soul mates going into that marriage. And therefore, when sex happens, uh, it is a true expression of that knowing. And some couples just never ever even got to that point, you know, where they they had that kind of knowledge of each other, even going into marriage. So. Um, This is perhaps a course correction, and you could be 10, 15, 20, 30, or even 40 years down the road in your marriage, and I think it's not too late to to make this course correction. So uh, the the information about how to set it up is on the the website if you need more help with us uh, uh, with it. You know, then you, of course, can call us and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, Debbie and I are are really kind of, uh, in this season of our life, you know, trying to... uh, get uh, some of the main tools that we use with people. We're trying to get them into writing, and we're trying to uh, uh, get them available for people to to use so that they can be helpful. Well, this very valuable tool is available now at faithfulandtrue.com. If you go to our bookstore, uh, it's under the e-products, and it's called The Abstinence Contract. And just as Mark described it, I think it could be a powerful and valuable tool to you in your marriage. Uh, We'd like to thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett. I'm your co-host, and we thank Aaron Wellman, our engineer and technical director, for his talents today. We hope that uh, today's message has been beneficial to you, and we hope that this coming week will be a week that is filled with great vision and uh, many, many blessings. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.